Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. side is back we're talking about the state of the union the underside of power baby part deuce part deuce think about it put it in your brain be good to yourself shit's going down what are we gonna do about it we're going to get together and we're going to start a revolution baby protect your neck yeah all right let's cut this on before we get fucking sued yeah that's the state of the copyright absolutely <laughs> suing the little guy algiers go listen to them they're fucking badass and new i love them so much so we were doing the state of the union about Woo! in real time 10 15 minutes ago <laughs> and we had a whole list of shit we wanted to get to and we only got to three topics so we decided just to stick around in the studio and keep going and put out a part two of the State of the Union. And we're going to hit all kinds of shit. Everything we can think of anyway. The stuff we care about. If we didn't get to anything that you think is important, you let us know. And maybe we'll Maybe uh, we'll get do the state of something else. Yeah, what, what, what's the state of something you would want us to cover? Absolutely. State of love making? We mm-hmm. could talk about that. Absolutely. Mary just was disgusted by me saying the, that. The state She's of like, love making? I don't want to hear you talk about that scene. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. I want to talk about the state of screw. so i am ed larson cena john mary kelly back again round two state of the union throw your guns in the air because it's still legal shoot them off a bunch but you can't take the pin out so they're automatic ding ding (laughs) all right cena what's first on our list today i think let's just jump right into healthcare. it's not it's, it's it's always topical yes i mean we we and again i'm optimistic you're optimistic about healthcare. <laughs> Good luck with that. I don't know. I, I, about, I almost hit you. I have, like five, I have like five things I'm waiting to fix. <laughs> Both of you just Do you have insurance, me. Mary? No. Nah. I do not have insurance. I have, you guys don't have insurance? I haven't had no. health insurance the since I was 18 of, years old. The number of times I have yelled at this podcast for not having insurance, going back to the 1990s when Amber Nelson was on this show. I'm holding out <laughs> for the writer's guild. I'm 26. I'm healthy. <laughs> <laughs> 
man. Yeah, no, SAG. Uh, I can't get my SAG insurance because I don't. I don't. I'm not booked enough. Yeah. And so, and I'm so I'm waiting for the Writers Guild to approve me so I can get the Writers Guild insurance. But I haven't been approved by the Writers Guild yet. Okay, high class problems. I like it. I I, I know. Well, high class problems equal low class problems because I ain't got fucking insurance. I got goddamn my kidneys hurt every damn day. Lord knows it's my fault. Well, I can't. And I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Humbling yourself with alcohol. Yeah, Gulp. there's four beers in front of you. Actually. I know, but one of them is mine, and another, like, two of them are mine, because I haven't gotten to Okay, the three one. of them are yours. Three of them are mine, <laughs> the rest are for me, and you can't touch my beers, and if yeah. you do, I'll hit you. Are you, <laughs> are you supposed to drink fat through a straw? Please tell me. Is drink that fat help? through a straw? No, yeah. no, no. It's best if you insert it rectally. Ah, <laughs> I love to butt chug my lard. Oh man, I tell you, get it big junk, man. You got to back up on your date, That's... and you wiggle, you wiggle, you wiggle. Nothing happens. Back up. You stand a little too close. I feel a little poke coming through on you. Oh, remember that song? Yeah, Pony. <laughs> oh, it just you. sometimes you say things, and I just. Ju- sweet Julie. <laughs> sweet, sweet Julie. She loves me. <laughs> She's got insurance, I bet. Oh, I mean, uh, maybe. I don't know. Actually, I don't think she does. Really? Yeah. Living on the edge. Oh, yeah. Lots of good little lots references good. from the <laughs> 90s here. Music. All right. So healthcare. I mean, we all know that healthcare in this country is bad. I, you can't do anything about If you're like me, nothing, if I get hit by a bus, I'm fucked. Well, I, I tell you what, I have insurance. I pay almost five hundred bucks a month for insurance. Yeah, see, that's and, crazy, man. And, like, that's like why I don't have it. But like, here's that's nuts. Here's that's, what's crazy: two hundred dollars less than my rent. It's crazy. <laughs> but the thing about it is that I realize is that I pay so much a month that I'm actually even more afraid to go to the doctor because it's just that much more money that I'd have to pay. Yeah, do you have a deductible? There's a seven thousand dollar deductible. So you don't even get that money until you pay another seven grand. And then they're like, so you'd be better off if someone hit you a little bit with a car. You'd be like, hit me again. Hit me again. I gotta go in for a checkup too. <laughs> I'm gonna do this all at once. Cause I, you know, a couple years ago, I got doored on my bike. You know, someone opened the car door and I went over and I hurt my shoulder mm-hmm. and I had to go to the emergency room. And I thought insurance was gonna be the the exact reason, like this, is good for me. Like this is this is why people get insurance. You get adored on your bike. Everything's going to be taken care the of. The insurance companies don't give a fuck about you, no matter what kind of insurance you have. Health insurance, homeowners insurance, flood insurance. They don't give a fuck about you. It is a business, and every motherfucker that was smiling at me and helping me at the fucking hospital sent me a bill. The fucking x-ray guy. I can't remember his name, but I cursed that guy's name for weeks after that because we were making jokes and all this stuff that I remember got a bill for like $800 from with that guy's name on it. And I was like, fuck that guy. Bill from the candy striper, $1,000. Everyone (laughs) gave me a bill, and I was paying that off for months. And luckily, the lady that I was on the payment line with or whatever was super sweet, and she was just like, just pay this much, and we'll get you done. See, when I go to the hospital... My name's Edward Carson. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I learned the fun way that if your condition uh, solves itself before a doctor sees you, you are free to leave without paying. Oh, that's nice. Mm Mm-hmm. I went, I had this weird uh, growth in my nose, Mm -hmm. and I was like, it was like swelling up my nose, and I sent my brother a picture who's a doctor, he Mm -hmm. lives out of the state. How much does he charge you? My brother? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> a lifetime of grief and guilt. <laughs> Rather pay 500 he, bucks a month. <laughs> and he sends me back a message like, you need to go see a doctor. There could be like a staph infection in your face. Oh, that's you, what doctors always say. Yeah, exactly, right? And They're I freak out. I go to the doctor. I go to the ear, nose, throat doctor. And the guy looks at my nose and he goes, I was like, doc, I don't know what this thing is. It could be bad. He goes, it's a zit. <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, yeah, it's just like a deep one that makes you think something's wrong, but it's just like a deep zit. And I was like, all right, so I'm going to leave. And then I get a $400 bill for God, this piece of for shit. for a fucking zit. For a zit that <laughs> I, yeah, I, I couldn't oh, pop. See, look, what do you think this that is? I couldn't pop. What is that's that? Is that the same thing you think? That's a yeah, fucking that's, cold sore. That's just a cold sore. That's cold a herpes. Sore. It's not herpes. That's herpes. No, you can oh, also. Oh, it be herpes. Have you been eating a lot of sugar? Sometimes you can get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a little bump it's in my herpes. lip. Don't, it's okay. Stop it's not herpes. Stop eating those edibles. There's too much sugar in them. Am I microphone Marcus too much? Everyone always wants to say they don't have mouth herpes. Everyone's got mouth herpes. I know. Everyone's got yeah. mouth Just herpes. Regular herpes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. have herpes. I have Slurpees. They're delicious. <laughs> I get them from 7 Eleven. They have all kinds of flavors. It's one of the I eat the blue but, ones sometimes. Ugh. Sometimes I get the brown one. <laughs> <laughs> I once dislocated my jaw so I couldn't uh, close my mouth. Yeah. And um, while the nurse. Why was can't that her- happen again? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, people want me to keep my mouth open. Um, Men love it when I talk. (laughs) Um, But uh, I slapped myself in the face, and it fixed it. And all it cost me was a bunch of nurses joking about how I probably got it dislocated from giving head. But jokes on them, I was just drunk. Exactly. How come, what happens, or what is it, because sometimes when you go to the emergency room, you get trained on. I get trained on a lot. What do you mean trained on? You're like, they, they, have all, another they doc- run train on you? No, they have another doctor with you, and they're like, oh, you know, like, so they they like, this is how you see it. This is wrong. I feel like you should get because that visit not, for free. Because, Wait, how many, it's not urgent. How many because doctors are having sex with your butt? I don't understand. I had, I actually had a bunch, I talked about this on Roundtable recently, so we won't get too far into it. Okay. But like, I had one time when they trained a bunch of people had to give an enema on me. Oh! Yeah, and then and then another time with my hernia, my hernia was dipping in my balls, and they had to like push the hernia back in my balls, and they fucking trained another doctor on how to burn a hernia. Did that happen? No, this was at, at a different hospital. Eddie, you're just so likable. They know you're not going to yell at them. Well, I use the example of you know how it's better to train on like a Buick than a Honda. Yeah, a lot of- <laughs> well, yeah, I know. That's I see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. it is very strange, but the, you know the thing about the medical profession is like that's the, actually the only way you can learn. I know. It's like on-site experience. I had these like very when I was like 18 or 19, I had all these hives all over my body that no one knew mm-hmm. the reason. No one knew where they came from. And I went to this like the best allergist in in Pennsylvania. 1819? Exactly. Covered in hives? Yeah, 1819, right? Prom must have been Exactly. Awesome. It was awesome. I got a date with Cena. He's covered in hives. <laughs> He's great. He's always moving. Yeah. And the like the doctor's looking at it and the trainees there with him. And the doctor's like, looking at the trainee, he goes, I have no idea what this is. And then the trainee's like, I don't have any idea. I'm like, what kind of training is this? <laughs> <laughs> This is like, is this how you say I don't know what the fuck I'm doing? Is this, <laughs> the next thing the doctor does, he goes and gets like a seven-inch book and just opens it up and starts leafing through the pages in front of me. I'm like, yeah. this is the least confidence-endorsing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Get the fuck out of here. Give me some steroids and send me on my way. Man. So, But healthcare is a fucking... 
mess in this country it's because a disaster, it's a business, man. It's a, it's it's a it's a business, and it shouldn't be a business. Yeah, and I, I the one thing I I want to stress, and I hope that we on the show and also everyone listening at home or at work can start framing this debate in this way, is that it's not a Republican or Democrat issue. It's not a liberal conservative issue. We should remove health care from that partisan fight and just say everyone should have health care. We should just start from a very basic like. Everyone gets health care that the government provides. Yeah. And let's not even say that it's a, a socialist thing or it's that thing because if we just recalibrate the country around health care being the central part of how we provide you know care for everyone, yeah. let's have debates about everything else. Let's just all agree that everyone should get health care. And let's have all the, like, the capitalists have all their other shit. Let's have all the socialist people have all the other arguments and stuff like that. Cena. But yeah. the problem if is— poor people didn't want to die, yeah, not. they should have been rich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, that's like the main thing it, is like the, with health care and like the, the, the drug companies that we touched on briefly in the last episode, they all— just there's so much money. They're they're billionaires and they contribute to all the politicians, you know, campaigns and all this stuff. And there's to eliminate them. I mean, you can't eliminate people who are that rich. Let's face it. I mean, because when you eliminate someone who's that rich, they have a lot of money to stop you from eliminating them. And one of those people who takes a lot of money is a uh, hitman. You know, like, <laughs> they will fucking have you killed. Yeah, they will literally murder people. Yeah. And I but I just think, let's even keep the pharma people, let the, let's just make it so that they have to negotiate with the entire country as opposed to just like each state or each hospital or each hospital network or something like that. I just think that's just, I just want to remove healthcare as a partisan debate, provide it for everybody, and then let's get back to just talking about other stuff that we can have a reasonable debate about. You, it, it's like, how do we have a debate when it's just like people are like the like the end of that debate is, does this person die or does this person not die? Does this person afford care for the, like the disease that's slowly creeping up in their body and they're not taking care of those? People like me that can afford insurance but can't afford the deductible, that can't afford – the actual going to the doctor. What is the point of me having insurance in the first That's place? Exactly I think why you're going to cancel don't... your policy as soon as you walk no, out No, I'm of getting here. married. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's exactly the reason I don't have it because it's not the end. Getting insurance isn't the end. It's the, it's it's a step towards more bills. I, exactly. I have just signed up for just sh- like bleeding money. Ble- yeah. I need a car accident to make this insurance worth it. It's insane, man. What's I going need on? to just start sprinting through Atlantic Avenue traffic in Brooklyn just to, to make it worth my while. Because, by the way, they capped the speed limit at 25, so I could probably take a 25 mile an hour. No, hit. you need like yeah. 45, so you reach that deductible. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and let's face it. I mean, when you're going to get down to facts and personal about it, if my mom lived in Canada, she'd still be alive. Yeah. Fact of the matter. Yeah. They took away her fucking machine. Her her insulin machine, you know, when she changed when her her job changed insurance companies, and they didn't want to cover her her blood sugar monitoring machine anymore, so they took it away and said, if you want to keep it, you got to give us eight thousand dollars, and between me and her, eight thousand dollars might have might as well have been thirty thousand dollars, right? Because we just knew there's no way to make that money, and so I mean, like that's what ended up killing her was when she lost that machine because she ended up dying in her sleep because she didn't know. That her sh- the, the machine that would have woken her up to tell her to, t- uh, to eat some food didn't wake her up. Yeah. And so, like, when it's coming down to it and, like, everyone's going to – this isn't just me. These are, like, these are millions of people across America and they all have family members 
who if they had better health care, especially people at the end of their life, I mean, Lord knows that hospice don't give a fuck. We know that nursing homes are awful. We know you know, it's, it, these, we are taking advantage of Americans and we're letting these companies dictate how long we're going to live. And the two things that were like the big thing, the way people get health care is through a job. And now you have the way people are going looking for a job is based on healthcare as opposed to is this a job I'm good at that I will be a productive member of my economy in this country for? Maybe, maybe not, but they'll give yeah. me good benefits. That's not a good recipe for the economy. And yeah. on top of that, companies leverage the power of having good benefits to undercut a salary, which yeah. in turn is weakening the middle class and in turn, in turn weakening the economy. Because exactly. if people make uh, choose jobs for the benefits of these worst case scenarios yeah. and that for a lesser amount, they're not putting money into the economy. And if- I'm, a, I'm a freelancer and look at all the freelancers now. That's the huge that's the biggest problem that they're facing now in the new healthcare debate is what about the people that aren't getting employee sponsored health care? What about the people that are all freelancers that maybe have their own company that's like a small single person LLC or something like that? Freelancing is the fucking future of uh, of, ender- of of all work. Yeah, it's either like we put everyone to work or we don't have you know or or we just get rid of the robots. No, no, we're not getting rid of the robots. No one's doing that anytime soon. So we should just give everyone fucking health care. The robots are going to take care of everything else. Let's just pay for our own health care all the time. Stop making jets. Just. Do- Build three less jets and give everyone health care. And more importantly, freelancing is the future of the middle class in particular. Because as the middle class shrinks, the majority of the middle class, which is defined by skilled labor, uh, either skilled physical labor or skilled intellectual labor, that more and more, regardless of what industry, is becoming freelance-based. Or that's where you make the most amount of money. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking mad. So we talked about healthcare. I mean, it's so. I mean, it's like, but what is the fix? Like, what's the brighter side, though? We didn't even. We just not. Nothing- no, no, no. The brighter side is this, Eddie. This is why we even started all this. Is because people are still standing up to shitty bills that are coming up in front of Congress. That the that the extreme wings of the party are still being met by moderates. I said when Trump got elected, watch out for John McCain. He knows what he's doing in the Senate. Yeah. He knows how to work they the, gave him the procedural shit. Yeah. And he knows how to like make sure that he's working uh like bills. He knows how parliament a parliamentary procedure works so that he's going to be able to do the right thing for most of the country. I disagree with him on a lot of a lot of these things, but he knew he saw the writing on the wall with this health care bill that came down last month and he made the right decision and he he knew it that he was going to do it for a while because it's bullshit that we're arguing about this all the time. There are real debates that we should be having. Like we said last episode, what are we doing in the Middle East and how can we make that better? What are we yeah. doing with how we're protecting? How are we funding our veterans? How if we're not actually tackling health care in any sort of reasonable way, let's just start taking care of our veterans first and foremost. Why don't we use them as as the beacon and the example of hope and, and what we should be doing with healthcare by taking care of our vets first? There are VA hospitals and there's way for them to get help, but Lord, we all know that they're not getting the help that they deserve. Yeah, exactly. It's like you could have this great medical center, but if the line's 20 miles long, what's what good is it going to do? Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I think, is that uh, a big question currently is what are we going to do about the shrinking of the middle class? Yeah. Because that feeds is that is a huge problem that is I think is the backbone of the majority of issues in the United States right now. No matter which way you look at it, 
if the middle class is shrinking, the amount of people who make a reasonable income where they're able to participate in both the local and global economy through their purchases, and on top of that, they're able, when you're having these issues of veterans coming home and they're homeless and there's less benefits, the reason is less people are paying more tax, less people are paying the same amount of taxes because if you're not making the same amount of money you used to, you're not paying the same amount of taxes, or alternatively, you're not paying taxes at all. And as the w- wealthy classes increase, wealthy people are notorious for not paying their fair share of taxes and dancing their way through tax obligations. Lord knows. So if the rift between the two are the super wealthy who don't pay taxes and then the poverty level, which also do not pay taxes, then there's not a tax income. And in turn, the government is not making any money to fund either overseas involvement in military control of chaotic areas and on top of that local programs i think there's a couple things that to your point mary that we could do there's a huge infrastructure gap in our country right now we got all these bridges that that could be fixed there's got a lot of roads that could be fixed there's a lot of jobs out there that people could be taking right now it just takes one quick bill it's the easiest bill to pass Big old Donnie Trump talked about a trillion-dollar infrastructure plan. I don't know why he didn't lead with that. He wanted to jump into health care right off the bat. That was the dumbest fucking move ever. Because he wanted to remove Obama's name from everything. From everything. Sorry. Sorry. They must have had something. They must have had a conversation at one point that made him hate him with this amount of hate. I think Obama was just like, listen, I know you're not racist, but I know you're a white supremacist. <laughs> And I made sure that my name is engraved on every toilet in this fucking place. <laughs> I watch you shit, little boy. <laughs> Man, uh, but it's also when it comes to health care, I mean, we're not doing enough with mental health care in this country. And everyone's fucking crazy. We're yeah. all crazy. We all need our help. We all have problems. We have shit that happened in our past that we got to deal with now. We got shit that's happening to us right now that we got to deal with. And mental health care in this country is fucking garbage. Well, it's just the, the largest provider of mental health in America is the prison system. Yeah, that's who's dealing with most crazy people because because a person goes crazy and they commit a crime and they got to go to jail and serve twenty years because their craziness that they're being treated in jail, which is just going to end. Well, up here's the thing with that too, Eddie. Thank, it's thank not Reagan for that, and it's like they don't. Like and it's not like the the judge or like the lawyers or like the prosecutors are like this guy's got a mental health problem. Let's not send him to like the regular prison. Let's send him to like a mental health facility. No, no, they send him to prison. Yeah, and in the prison, they're like, wait a minute, this guy's not just like a bad criminal. He's not like a gang member. So we got to put him in solitary. God in corporeal form. Yeah, we got to fucking do something about him. And to do something about him is throwing him in fucking solitary. It's throwing him in the shoe, put him in the hole, and you got to fucking sit down there for... And then Which makes about, normal people crazy. Exactly. That, that'll teach torture. you not to be crazy, right? <laughs> it, it, it's just the, the way... It, the, the mental health... What we deal with mental health in this country is disgusting. And I am very fortunate... That at this point in my life, I do not have mental problems, yeah. but I am seeing it clear as day the right. way we treat people who do have them. Yeah, I'm very happy as well that I don't have mental problems. I have career problems. <laughs> yeah. I have mental career problems. All right, $500 a month. <laughs> All right, it's not going anywhere, Mary. That's a mental problem that I have that I have accepted paying that much money a month. That's the mental problem On, I face. Well, going off of what you said, the big problem with the mental health uh, problem in the country is on top of just the moral problem is that it puts stressors on all other social services, which yeah. takes away what social services were supposed to do for their perspective 
areas. So for example, veteran services, nursing. My mom was a nurse in Miami for a number of years and she was a nurse during the switch when Reagan shut down all the mental hospitals. Your mom was a nurse in Miami during mm -hmm. the 80s? Yeah, she was in the AIDS ward. So she dealt with a lot of gunshots and Mm. fucking... No, she was on an AIDS ward. She was in the AIDS ward. Well, that was pretty bad down there as well. Yeah. But um, she said there was a definitive mark which was uh, pre-Reagan shutting down the mental hospitals and post. And the way... nurses approached their job totally changed because you had instead of a few people that would come in off of the streets where you refer them to the mental health system yeah. they are now your total responsibility they have nowhere to go you have crazy people who injure themselves who are uh, suffering from bed sores who are suffering yeah. from uh you know getting uh, insects in their body because they can't take care of themselves and they have nowhere to go. So you're turning over people who are getting injured on the streets because they are not able to take care of themselves where you treat the wounds that they have and then you let them back into the same situation so they'll come back again next month. And then for those of you out there who don't... That's a repeat customer. That's nice. For those of you out there who don't know exactly what happened is in the 80s, Ronald Reagan kicked 500,000 people out of their mental hospitals. And that's what happened. And then basically they had very few really crazy people have anyone to take care of them. Their families have pretty much disowned them. I know I have an autistic uncle that I don't talk to and that's me. It's compassionate me, you know, so it's you, you, you kick them out and they all basically became homeless. They be, and then they, they kept their mental illness and they were shunned everywhere they went. Everywhere they looked, you know, because think about how we treat homeless people. Even me, even the three people sitting in this studio, you see a homeless person, you keep walking, you know, because you don't want a part of it. You can't be a part of it. And you know that if you give them money, they're most likely just going to buy drugs and there's nothing you can I, do about I it. I give homeless people my health insurance. You give homeless people <laughs> I give them my the, a $500 bill every month. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the Los Angeles mission recently and because I, I wanted to learn more about what was happening in the, the homeless epidemic and how we're dealing with it because it's worse than ever. Uh, Los Angeles has 40,000 homeless people. Uh, New York has around 70,000. It is, uh, it, it's, these are really big numbers. You look everywhere. If you drive around LA, anyone who listens, uh, to this in LA, you know, I mean, everywhere you drive, there's tents set up. There's people making compounds everywhere. It's an, it's a problem that can't even be policed anymore. Yeah. And so I learned, and it's one thing I learned about homeless people. One of the things that makes them crazier is the way that we ignore them. Uh, if so, if, so if, if you can change one thing about this, about how you treat the homeless personally, try this. Uh, you don't have to give them money. Don't think about it as giving them money. I, I was talking to the guy. I was like, do you give homeless people money? One of the people that works at the shelter. They say, I don't give them money, but I always acknowledge that they're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't just walk past and pretend that they're a dog. Or, I mean, I'm, to be honest, we probably all look at dogs. Notice the dog a lot cute. more, yeah. You know, but, like, you don't, I mean, like, nod at them, say, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. Or you just, like, give them, a, just give them a, make eye contact, just, like, or in, just say hello and I'm sorry or something. Say God bless. That's God my bless. go-to. Yeah, because you, if you, the way, if you treat people like they don't exist, it will make them crazier and it will make them want to do something that will make sure the whole world does know they exist. Yeah. And that is always a scary option. Especially with somebody with no options. Yeah, that is why you see these people screaming in the street and, and waving around fucking knives or whatever and throwing their shit against the wall. It's because nobody will give them the time of day, and no one will help them. And it's it, being homeless 
you know, they, I've heard people say homeless people are homeless because they choose to be homeless. That might be one percent. That might be. That might be. Probably not. But That's even crazy. If, yeah. even if you choose that as your choice, you're crazy. Yeah. If you choose to be homeless on purpose, that makes you crazy to me. Yeah, no, yeah. if the homeless guy's name is Quinoa and he has two dogs and a leather jacket and a guitar, might be choosing to then be homeless. Then you send yeah, him yeah. back to Vermont and you tell <laughs> yeah. his parents to take care of him. But, but, like, the, <laughs> like, but the majority have not chosen These are life. crazy people who are unable to hold jobs. Yeah. You're like, go get a job. They cannot hold a job. They can't have a job. You hire this person, they will get fired. I actually hired somebody back in Tallahassee. He was crazy and i had to fire him because he was picking his nose in a restaurant in front of everybody multiple times and i'm like sorry chris you gotta go fucking two weeks later he's just living in the street and i gotta deal with this every day as i as i walk by and i see the man that i fired homeless but i also know that i can't hire him because he doesn't he you can't I, I can't expect him to do the job. Yeah. And so you have to, we have to start taking care of these people, dealing with the mental illness that is truly happening to them. And a national healthcare system solves that. It yeah. really it, it does. It doesn't yeah. solve 100% of the homelessness issue. Of course, you're going to have it, but you're not going to have the crazy people that are flooding the streets. Uh, you're not going to have the people that are are unable to be a productive member of society. There, we could have people actually contributing to a number of different ways if we just got them health care. Yeah. And you, you hear people, I'm, they don't like freeloaders. They don't like people doing living off of the system and, and shit like that. And it's just like, what, do you like seeing homeless people in your neighborhood? Do you not have respect for the where you live? That you want to see people sleeping in the street? And families living in cars? No. Yeah, well, but most of America, though, doesn't have to see that. Yeah, because the they pass local ordinances that make it illegal to be homeless. Look what happened in Florida. The governor mm-hmm. of Florida put all those uh, in those spaces where homeless people were sleeping. He put the little spiky ground yeah. stuff. He installed all that stuff so they wouldn't be able to sleep in those areas. San Francisco offers uh, one-way bus tickets to anywhere if you're homeless. They Look do at, that in New York, too. Yeah. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico ships their drug addicts and their heroin addicts and all of their homeless people to America. Yeah, well, that's part I, of America. I, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> technically, yes. But you heard what happened in Anaheim last week. What happened in Anaheim? They have. Anaheim. What did Stacy tell you about Anaheim? Anaheim is a very serious homeless problem. It's very in Silicon Valley as well, and it is. It is very. It's very difficult out there, and what to deal with it because, let's face it. I mean, the weather's better, and it's easier to be homeless there. But they took their, they took their porta potties from them. What do you what do you mean? There was two thousand there's like a homeless camp with like almost two thousand people and they fucking took their porta potties. They had four porta potties they were using and the government came and just took away their toilets. So now they're all shitting in buckets and shitting on top of each other and they're all getting sick from fucking Oregon Trail diseases now because we, we're like we're like taking their toilets from them. How, how much does it cost to have some porta potties? It can't be that much. It's a lot better than having human shit all over the ground. Yeah, that seems like a reasonable thing to spend some money on. <laughs> it's just fucking. It's the way Sweet we. It's, it's like we. It's we punish them because they're poor. Well, on top of that, we punish them because they're an inconvenient truth about living in America. Yeah. Because on top of that, I think that the majority of the issue with this and many other issues in America is that the average voter doesn't want to think about the reality of the homelessness problem. 
because yeah. if it's something that they don't see, they don't have to reconcile the fact that the majority of homeless people are mentally ill. And on top of that, that the homelessness problem is going to exist regardless of if you ignore it or not. So people are not going to stop being born to people who have fetal alcohol syndrome or yeah. get hit in the head or somebody who's poor or a veteran who comes back shell shot shocked and winds up on the street we cannot ignore the fact mm -hmm. that these people are going to exist because a portion of babies born are going to be have mental problems and on top of that that leads into as well we could be taking care of this problem if birth control and also abortion options and pre-screening was more openly available to people of the poorer classes if you're homeless and you're pregnant and you don't want to have that baby your abortion should be fucking free. Well, on top of that, if you make under $30,000 a year or you're a teenager and the baby passes a screen test where it's not going to be able to be viable mentally, maybe you should be able to get an abortion. Because if you're not making any money, you don't have a college diploma or, God forbid, a high school diploma. Mm -hmm. If you give birth to a child that is mentally ill you're not or mentally challenged, yeah. you're not going to be able to provide it with the resources where that child will grow up to be a functional adult in society and if you want to think about it monetarily if that person if that baby grows up to be a criminal most likely because it's not able to make proper choices and it ends up going to jail and if that happens in new york state we're spending sixty two thousand dollars a year on them mm -hmm. yeah you know so it's just like we this just like it is it makes me so mad how little compassion people have in this country and if there was just a little more compassion by the lawmakers and by everyone else as a fucking society, there would be a lot less of these problems. And racism wouldn't exist because you wouldn't have to worry about people of another color robbing you because they wouldn't have to. And then, you know, so it, it just comes, it, it all, it all stems back from, to me, compassion. And if we all like just decided to be more compassionate, the world would definitely be a better place. Crime would go down. And, and we would just take care of each other. And there's, I've said it a million times. My, my good friend, Brenji Ofalo, pointed this out to me less than a year ago. And I've mentioned this on the show a million times. And I'm just going to keep repeating it. There's two kinds of people in this fucking country. There are people who care, who people who think we're all in this together, and that we're all on our own. And I think the capitalism speaks to a lot of those people that we're on our own. It does not reward collective uh, good. It does not reward us all banding together. Yeah. It only rewards, you know, the transactional model of living. And it and it also creates in us, uh, in the individual rather, the acceptance that some people are just going to be poor and broken. And then when you have that sense, when you have that acceptance that some people are just going to be poor and broken, mm -hmm. then you stop caring. Then you just kind of give up. And also in terms of standard of living, because at the end of the day, there are going to be, and this is cruel, but there are going to be winners and losers in terms of what you're born with and what types of advantageous situations you fall into in regards to your genetic makeup and where you're born and how you're raised. However, beyond that, it installs a real fear, I think, in people of the middle class and the lower middle class and the poverty classes. If the bare minimum of if everything in your life goes terribly, if something, if you get hit by a car and you can't make bills anymore because you're drowning in debt or you get student debt and you're drowning in debt, the bottom isn't, oh, I might have to get on welfare. 
oh, I might have to live in a communal housing and it will be inconvenient or, oh, I'm going to have to do all these things that are provided by the government, but it will still be hard work to build my way up to a nice way of living. The bottom is you live like you're subhuman. And I think yeah. that installs fear and also encourages people to continue working and accept uh, less than what their work is worth. So people look, especially if you're working in a McDonald's, if you're working in a non-union job, if you're an immigrant and you're working on a farm, the fear of being treated as subhuman is so ingrained that you're willing to put up with more bullshit because you're, in your perspective, it's better than being homeless. And we've seen this time and time again with government housing. The shittier the housing is, the more problems that people will have inside of them. You give them a nice townhouse with with some rules, and guess what? They always take care of it. Homeless people, poor people, they always take care of it. If it's nice, you take care of it. If it's a piece of shit, you treat it like a piece of shit. Well, that's what happened in the Yonkers, right? They, they did this whole thing. Mm-hmm. They, they gave single-family homes to everyone as a mm-hmm. uh, form of government housing, right? It's, it's yeah. You're not... In one square plot, right? You're not fitting uh, a ten thousand people or whatever, but you are providing a more productive member of society. And on top of that, that, we have that space in New York City alone. The amount of empty apartments with non with people not living there year round is more than it would take to put every single homeless person in one of those. Places. Yeah, no, Absolutely. I mean, like, I don't need a summer home in Soho. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, also, I mean, I mean, that's that's uh, that is a fact. But I'll go even one step further, Mary. It's just empty apartments. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not even. It's just apartments it's that rude. no it's one apartments. even. It's the apartments that people don't even own, is that are just empty because no one can afford them. Well, it's it's also the apartments that are being bought by Russian oligarchs and, and Chinese billionaires because, especially in China, the only thing that they can invest in, they can't invest in the open market. They can invest in real estate. So you have a lot of foreign investment like that that comes in where they just it's on someone's spreadsheet. Yeah. You know, that's it. And going back to what we say, what we were talking about earlier. A good place to start in uh, in figuring out how to fix this and whether or not this is a, an option is just giving people homes and is if as just with veterans, anyone who has served exactly. this country in the armed forces deserves a place to live for the rest I, of their life. It, well, as we talk and, about and, the State of the Union, it's like the state of veterans, and it's what if we just made the veteran class in our country the most luxurious class of person you could possibly be mm-hmm. you know that that to be in the military is on the same level as being a doctor or as being like a, a high-powered attorney or as being uh, uh some high finance guy but also if you're a marine that's yeah. how we kind of view that person as opposed to now when we're like oh if you're in the military I hope you get that GI Bill, poor kid from Flint, Michigan, because that's your only ticket to gaining any sort of prosperity. Yeah. What if we gave them the best health care? What if we gave them the best housing? What if we gave them the best opportunities that this country has to offer? Other countries do shit like that. Yeah. I'll tell you, Iran treats their military really well. They fight the wrong wars and do all the wrong stuff, but they treat them <laughs> really, really well. You get a lot of cred if you're in the Iranian military. America could easily do the same thing. We could be giving these guys top-notch service all the time because, I don't know, maybe because they put their lives in the line. I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe I'm, yeah. I could be wrong. And the way he, we treat veterans, I did, before we went on air, a rudimentary search of the most recent articles involving the world veteran. And at the top of the list was a recent article through Bloomberg 
about U.S. probes high-pressure mortgage sales targeting veterans, where the U.S. is oh, investigating yeah. lenders for allegedly press- pressuring veterans and members of the military into unneeded mortgage fi- refinances, which is unsavory yes. conduct in order to lead to higher consumer costs. But Exactly, has- and that's because – so th- this also happened years ago in uh, I think 2009 or 2010 when the around when the robo-signing was happening. Mm-hmm. We were putting – Pregnant wives of veterans on the street and foreclosing on their homes because the mortgage lenders were saying, you guys didn't pay your mortgage. And you were like, well, my, my, my husband is the breadwinner of the family. He's in the military right now. He's fighting a war in Afghanistan. Sorry he missed a payment here and there. Yeah. And then, boom, they're out. And the government came in, one of the few things they did well, and they said, that's not going to happen anymore. We're putting a stop to that. So the government can come in and create basically a, a better track for these people that are putting their lives on the line for us, and we're not really doing shit about it. And then not just that. I mean, the people who are putting their lives on the line for us, let's face it, they're out there. They're watching murder. They're, they're killing people themselves every day. We talked to a couple of them on this show. They're coming back mentally damaged there's no way you're gonna come back the same person that you left and, and if co- you do you are mentally damaged and I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> some of them are coming back racist people they are coming back with a hunger to kill towel heads but and, <laughs> and it does not bode well for little cenas out there that are just trying to mind their own business there are people that are coming from underprivileged communities. We are putting them in a situation where they're like, kill this type of person. And they're coming back here saying, aren't we supposed to keep killing these types of people? And that's what you're seeing, these militias that are popping up all over Charlottesville and all these other places. These are the veterans that we want to protect and care for so deeply and dearly. But at the same time, these are also the people that are becoming white supremacists and Nazis because we are not creating a supportive and empathetic and compassionate system for when they get home. But on top of that, uh, going off of what you're saying, is that what's interesting about the military right now, and I think that you can reference one of our older episodes where we a, we interviewed a Trump supporter who was a black woman nice serving plug, in Nice plug, Mary. Military, I like it. Was that <laughs> one of the biggest groves, and the, I believe approaching the majority of our armed services, are people of color, primarily African Americans. Yeah. And I'm sure it is not terribly big of a coincidence that as more and more black people serve in our military, our benefits going towards the military have been dropping off. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> And yeah. on top of that, the military is notable for attracting people, again, who are not rich. Kids that are getting out of high school who where college is not an option. I have members of my family that went into the military because college financially was not an option. I come from – yeah, go for it. Yeah, sorry. No, no, you're good. Uh, but if you have this influx of – uh, people who are not rich, do not come from rich families, come from the families of immigrants, and you enter into the military with this understanding that if you serve in the military, which will be tremendously difficult, it will be a huge investment of your time, but at the end of it, you'll have all these great benefits, and it could be a great beginning if you want to start a family. This is a great way to get health care for your whole family, a great way to get a college education, a great way, if you are not wealthy, to be able to enter the middle class. And as we cut it back you're cutting back the futures of so many people who deserve and have put in the work to receive a brighter future southwestern pennsylvania is one of the biggest contributors to the military and that's where we grew i grew Bullocks. up there yeah there's a lot of Polacks there. <laughs> a lot of drunk irishmen i remember one kid 
that I used to always like scrap with when I was when I was in high school. He went into the military. And we stayed Facebook friends, and he would send me messages when, during the Iraq War, and he would say, "I'm killing all these towel heads for you, buddy." And I was like, "I don't know how to." I take never that. asked you to. I, do that. I don't know. I were we friends? I think so. I kind of like, well, sure, go for it, champ. But you know, the other side of this coin, and this kind of gets us into immigration, is. These people that are joining the military that are dreamers, that were brought to this country for no uh, no fault of their own, other than their parents came here to provide a better life for their kids, are joining the military to become an American citizen. And Obama allowed a lot of these kids to, to uh, basically avoid uh, prosecution and deportation based on the ability to work and contribute to the society. Yeah, and then people try to paint Obama as king of the immigrants. All he wants to do is have immigrants here. And oh. all he did was, this man deported more people than any other president in the history of the United States. He was like to deport people. Yeah, he would, when loves I went down. drones, yeah. loves to deport them. Yeah, exactly. When I went down to Mexico and I talked to people about Obama, they referenced him as the deporter-in-chief. Yep. He is not loved by these people. It is, so it's like, well, don't think that he's... And, and all he did was say that dreamers could stay. I mean, that's just a nice thing. That's just a common-sense nice thing. And I, I, I have no problem with deportation. I have no problem with it because we have to deport. People have to get deported at some point. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It'll happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> it's gonna, you're, listen, you come in here... Illegally, illegally, you're going to get deported in some way, right? Yeah. But if we have a way that we can steal some good people from the other countries and we have a good way of the people that come here that have something to offer our country, we should do every fucking thing we can to get them to stay because, frankly, white people are a dying breed and they are sucking up all the good air for everybody else. I mean, these dreamers are, are statistically great people. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're, they come here. I talked to one. He crossed over illegally with his mom in the 70s. Uh, he, he came over. He, he walked through the river. And he, and he came over. He joined our military. He owns a business. He pays his taxes on his business. And he's a great American. Mm -hmm. And to say that he deserves to be here, he doesn't deserve to be here, as opposed to other people, is insane to me. Also, where where are we going to put him? If we send him back, it's not like he was raised in that uh, the country he came from. That's he has so no cultural reference. <laughs> now he, that country is just going to have an American a trying to uh, understand and uh, become a citizen there. A 15-year-old that came here when they were three, and we a Mexican, and we send them back to Mexico, they have no roots. They don't know where to go. They don't... Some of them don't even speak the fucking language, you know? And so like, what do you, we think we're really doing the people here? It is, it is, is borderline criminal. I mean, we're, when we deport them, we give, we deport them at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, we put a, if we grab them in Tijuana, we deport, we, we deport them in Matamoros. And then we put them over there with no identification. We take their money with like any cash that they have on them. We take Lord knows what we do with it. And then we throw them over there at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. And you know what happens to most of them? They become gang members. Yeah. Because they have no other choice. And they it's like, and it's not like they become a gang member because of choice. They are forced into it. Because the gangs over there are very dangerous and they're very brutal. And I understand where, where Donald Trump's coming from. He doesn't want those bad guys over here, those bad hombres over here. But they're staying over there. 
Because their business is so good. The most organized group in like Mexico are the organized crime. Is the MS, MS-13. Yeah, are these cartels. The Mexican government's not organized. The Mexican government's not organized like the, these organized crime units are. These guys know what they're doing. They know they have a better immigration policy than most governments do. And what are these drug cartels doing? They're selling drugs to America. They're not even selling good weed. They're not even selling good weed. They're, they're selling bad weed. dirt. Have you had Mexican weed? I, I don't even know who they're selling it to. Garbage weed. It's really bad weed. Yeah, who is buying Mexican weed? That's tourist on a wedding. It was one time. <laughs> So annoying. I tried to tell them I'm a member of normal. I know good weed from bad weed. Yeah, Sir, I'm, come on. But we start, if we, like, for example, with that, I mean, they're, they're smuggling drugs into this country. And if, if, if we just made drugs legal, I know this Eddie's sounds crazy. Right I know this now. sounds he's, crazy. He's really working it But right if now. you make drugs legal, then guess what? These drug dealers aren't going to be murderers anymore. They're going to have to become farmers. America. And not only that, but they're going to have to struggle and compete with the economic might of an endorsed drug business and economy in America. Can you imagine the power of American capitalism put towards, like, distributing Coke? Yeah. Oh. And you know what? <laughs> Sell <laughs> Coke in America. Weed, weed needs to be legalized, especially because the branding on weed is such garbage still. Everything about the weed market is still like it's illegal. They have like weird, like like arabesque lines and all. Everything's going looks real crazy. Make it normal. Make it like a fine wine. I want my weed to be curated and beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about uh, the Dreamers, DACA. Yeah. It's, it, it, it just can't stop there. You can't. We can't be deporting their parents either because we all know that uh, kids that come from single households or kids that are raised in the system. Uh, they they're more likely to become criminals because they have no they don't have good influences in their life. And so if we're deporting their parents, we're putting them at higher risk at being uh, more involved with illegal activities. And it, it just it doesn't make any sense. We're 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 shooting ourselves in the foot here with this kind of thing. Let's face it, it's never going to stop. People are never going to stop coming to America for a better life. As long as America existed before America existed, people came here for a better life. And so that's not going to stop. And then so it, it, we need to embrace it and make it easier for them and make them want it more. And you know what that'll end up doing? It'll drive up competition and it will make us, the people who were born here, the fucking white idiots who have been handed everything in their life. It'll make them work harder to, to then be better employees for whatever jobs they have because it's going to be harder for them to keep their jobs because there's people willing to take them. We want the best. We want the best of the best from every country. We had a program for years in this country where we gave a lottery, uh, a visa lottery, basically, to countries that we had very low immigration rates from. Mm -hmm. That's how much immigration was a priority for this country, and we just rescinded that rule recently this past year, and that's terrible. Both Reagan and old Bush were pro-immigrant. Yeah. Both of them were. Yeah, because immigrants tend to be conservatives. Reagan's from an alien planet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not from this planet. I don't and know. I'm, the, I'm sorry. I don't know the exact quote from Reagan, but he said he, he was told. He said that if we brought all the if we let all the illegals become legal, we could tax them and make billions. Yeah. <laughs> Make billions, billions of dollars. Billions. They're already, these billions. are people that are here that were like, they're stealing from our taxes. Make them fucking legal and then take their tax money. What's wrong with everybody? 
And on top of that, the thing about the dreamers is that they're targeting people who uh, now are on the list because they signed up to become dreamers Mm -hmm. is that those are people from families, hardworking families who looked at this bill and they're like, yes, we're going to work harder to make sure our children are legitimate because we want to participate in being Americans. If they're doing something illegal, if they're here to sell drugs or to traffic human beings, they don't want to be on a list. Those people did not sign up their children to be dreamers. They're living off of the off of the grid yeah so we're targeting the wrong people we're targeting people who signed up to become dreamers or to have their children become dreamers because they dreamed about their children being able to own a business and pay taxes and serve in the military it blows my mind that it because honestly the reason they're going after dreamers is because lawmakers are lazy because it's easier to just get the files of all the dreamers who are on their lists than it is to actually uh put money into law enforcement in a way where it targets human trafficking. If you are not from this country and you are a violent criminal, see you later. Deport the fuck out of them. I don't think they should be here. If you have no violent crimes, stay. Figure it out. We'll work with you. I went to Matamoros, Mexico. I hate referencing the things that I did, but I can't help but not mention them. I went to Matamoros, Mexico. I went to an immigrant shelter and I talked to people who were kicked out of America. And... It was the same story over and over again. I was a construction worker. I, w- I was a fisherman. And one day I was driving down the highway and a cop pulled me over and they asked for my papers. They sent me to a detention center for nine months to a year. And then they deported me back to Mexico and I'm never going to see my family again. And these are people without any criminal records. This is a guy who was a roofer. I talked to one guy. He's a roofer. And they all jumped in a car after work and the guy who was driving was a citizen and there were eight other roofers in the car because, you, you know, stereotypes are stereotypes and, you know, they're there for they a reason. They come from somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> and they were driving and the cop pulled over the car because the guy who was driving, who was a citizen, uh, was speeding. He got a speeding ticket and every single person that was in the car got deported. And the one guy I was talking to is a sweet man with three children and a wife in America and occasionally they get to talk on the phone, but he lives in a shelter in Mexico. He's homeless in Mexico now, and he's doing everything he can to find work, but it doesn't exist. And he's living in Matamoros, which is run by the cartels. The cops are corrupt. They all, all the cops in Matamoros, the state police, you can't trust them. They work for the cartels. And if they want any money once a week, he can go fish and sell fish. And that's all he can do. This is a roofer. This is a man with a skill that we can really fucking use, especially down in Florida and Houston right now, where he got, this guy got nabbed from Florida. You know how many roofs there are to fix in Florida today because of the goddamn hurricane? This guy could be hard at work making this country a better fucking place. But no, he, he's got to go, he's got to go live in a fucking homeless shelter in Matamoros, Mexico with a bunch of nuns who, I mean, they're nice people. They take care of them. But I mean, like he lives in a fuck. He lives in a bunk bed with America. People. America. Do you see what you're doing to Eddie? Do you see what you're doing? Do you feel it? Do you hear it in his voice? He's been rubbing his face this whole time. It's you so are stressing aggravated. Eddie out. It's so aggravating. But on top of that, we always talk about in these discussions of like what 
illegal immigrants take from this country in terms of it's framed as like they take all these this money in the form of social services right but what about that car full of eight people that got deported Mm -hmm. what were they giving in terms of in an economic power you know they were going to local restaurants you know they were going to mcdonald's you know they were buying supplies at walmart and target they were putting money back into their community not just that he was giving some american a cheap roof here's here's the silver lining though guys here's the silver lining when 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 uh trump did the whole initial like the DACA guys are going to be all gone soon or something like the market took a hit the market is going to react very negatively to any anti-immigration policy that this administration starts to do that's the big issue that's why I'm again right back to the beginning optimistic because All the anti-immigration policies will be negatively reflected in the market, and Trump looks at that stuff. He does not like bad headlines about him, and he will do the opposite. He's going to strike a deal, uh, which he kind of tacitly already did with with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi on the Dreamers to kind of give them safe passage here in, in, in six months or so. And I think it's going to work because it just makes sense if you say hey, the 11 million people that are in this country illegal or undocumented, however way you want to put it, they actually contribute to our GDP. And if we just take 11 million people out of the workforce, that's going to be fucking disastrous. And no one wants that. So there are huge motivating factors. So we need to do a lot to protect people that are trying to get into this country that are here right now to try to get them to be legal. But just understand that the same reason that we have an opioid crisis because pharmaceutical companies won't ever stop pumping out pills is the same reason I think we're never going to stop having immigrants into this country because it makes too much money. Yeah. And let's face it. it, 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 it it's pe- a weird The, the people who are going to work the hardest are people who come from a place where they're not going to have, where they, where they come from a bad place and they're looking for a better life for them yeah. and their family. And those people are always going to work the hardest and they're going to be great workers for this country. And if we start taxing these great workers, they will continue their great work. And I, I I'm all for it. Uh, I think uh, as a brighter side for this episode, uh, d- departure from everything that we said, I think that, we are becoming woke. We are like becoming like uh, as a country. We are speak for yourself. We are deci- we are <laughs> figuring all this out, and we are we are moving in the right direction. And I really hope that uh, you know once once we figure all everything out with uh, the nastiness, it'll it'll get a little. The bit. plumbing of this democracy is working really well. Mm-hmm. All the really really terrible stuff that we think of when we wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night is actually not happening. It's the news that's driving you into this anxious place and that the actual fundamentals are still there in our economy and in our political system. As as weirdly doom and gloomy as that may seem right now, there are little moments where there are people making the right decisions to help things uh, go forward. Mary, closing thoughts? Man, just just be good to other people, you know. know. Have a little empathy and, um, you know. God bless. We're fucking humans, man. Fuck yeah. Just take care of everybody. You're not going to kick a dog. Don't kick a person. You know, it's just, you know, it's just be decent. And it, it think, trust me, it'll all, it'll work out if we just take care of each other. 
Uh, we didn't get to wait, we didn't get to everything we wanted to talk to yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Education too, we could do a whole thing on that. Oh well, we'll we'll get to education we'll, at some point. Yeah. I mean, we we we, I, we did everything we could, guys. We did. I get so passionate, especially when we talk about the immigrants and the soldiers. Eddie sweat you know, about ten pounds of, of water out of his body tonight. Speaking Beer. of pounds, Beer. if you're feeling racist, just get some food from the race you dislike. Because ah. good lord, yeah, give it a shot. It's better than like, white people food. That's yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely, better for you. That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, thank you so much. I'm at Eddie Tunes, Eddie Tunes unders- underscore on Twitter, at Eddie Tunes on Instagram. Uh, fucking love it, dude. You guys, are, you deserve it. Be good. Be good. Cena. At Cena, John, I'm, I'm inside of you. Yeah, and he's also, you can catch him regularly on Sirius. Uh, he'll always post about it on his Twitter, so go check about when he, yeah. you can see him next. And, and you'll Mary. see Eddie there, too, every now and then. Yeah, I'm around. Hey, you know, um, uh, follow me at MJ Bulge on Instagram and otherwise leave me alone. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Seriously, leave her alone, you fucking creep. Okay, taking us out is the song we heard coming in by Algiers, the underside of power. This dude's got a fucking badass voice. Watch the video, too. It's fucking inspiring as hell. Anti-establishment. Fuck the system. Be good to you. We love you, America. And the rest of the fucking world. Rock and roll. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.